Well, could we pick up where we left off last night and move on into some of those things? Would you believe God with me for that? Well, then go to Philippians 4, please. Philippians, the fourth chapter. Philippians 4 and verse 19 is uh, our main text for this week. What does it say? But my God shall supply... All your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Do you like that? Do you believe it? Can you live on this? Can you stand on this? Yes, you can. Every word significant. Not just God, my God. You know, you must not just believe he is a savior. He must be my savior, right? Not just a healer. He's my healer. He heals me. Not just a provider. He is my provider God. He provides for me. Whatever you confess him to be to you, that's what he'll be to you, right? Everybody said out loud, he's my savior. He's also my healer. He heals me. He's my protector. He protects me. He's my provider. He meets all my needs. Must be personal. Right? Must be real to you. Can't just be that he did something for somebody else. No, he does it for me. My God shall supply. That's as strong as you could say it. Not might. Shall, shall supply. How much? All. I like the sound of that. Don't you? I mean, do you feel the way I do? I could just quote this verse the rest of the evening. I mean, I am excited about this. My God shall supply. Man, he makes arrangements. If you look over in... uh, Corinthians where he talks about that God gives seed to the sower and bread for the eater. You look up those words. One of the words we use a derivative of it today is choreograph. And it has to do with arranging. God arranges things so that the supply comes into your hand at the right time and the right way and the right place. Can he do it? Can he set things up? Mm-mm. You remember when God told Abraham to offer up Isaac, his son, and he started up the mountain, you know, and Isaac said, you know, here's the fire, here, where's the sacrifice? He said, God will provide. Right? God will provide himself. And sure enough, they got up there and he went through with it, you know, by in his heart. But as he was about to do it in the natural, the angel called him and they looked around there. There was a ram. Caught in the bushes. Well, where was that ram that morning? Where was he the night before? Where was he two days before? How'd that ram get right there? Right then? Well, God had a setup. He arranged for it. Right? And before uh, Abraham knew 
that this was going to work out. And at the specific moment, God saw his heart. He knew he'd follow through. He knew he'd obey him. And the ram was on the way. Right here in this place tonight. You can make some adjustments in your heart. You can believe God. You can set your faith. And the ram will start moving towards you. Before you ever leave this building. Some already have in times past. And the ram is about to the door now. <laughs> but see, you can tell faith, can't you? I mean, when faith begins, the more I talk about this, faith begins to rise, I see more teeth. What does that mean? When I don't see teeth, what does that mean? No excitement, no faith. It's like, stir us up, Brother Keith. Help us if you can. No, no, you can bring faith in with you. We can start off on a high place. Not have to work up there just in time to quit and go home. Y'all helping me tonight, right? We believe in God. Well, this verse is a statement, a declaration of our source. I said a number of years ago, I changed the way I talk about this. I don't say, well, you know, God brought this through a different source uh, or this source or here's another source. No, I have one source. And he uses many channels, right? My partners of this ministry are not my source. Oh, I thank God for our partners. But they're not sowing to me. They're sowing to God. Right? And I don't have to reward them. He rewards them. I'm responsible to handle properly what is in my hands. It's a stewardship. But my partners are not my source. And the church and the congregation is not my source. And the government's not my source. And the economy's not my source. And the people I know are not my source. And it's wonderful when you really believe it. It takes the pressure off of me. And I don't put pressure on you. Because I got my eyes on God. And you got your eyes on Him. And He can use whoever He wants to. He's got channels galore all over the planet. But I know who my source is. My God shall supply all my needs. Not according to my job down here, not according to the people I know, not according to the economy or the government, according to his riches in glory. That's not on the earth. That's not subject to the earth or the whims and changes of people. Thanks be unto God, we have a source. We have a provider who never runs out, never fails. Said out loud, I have a provider. Glory to God. The more real it is to you, the happier you get about it. And the more unlimited you see the possibilities for your life and future. And like we were talking last night, what limits what you can have? Hmm? Only what you can believe for. All things are possible to him that believes. Now, we went, uh, in fact, go with me if you would to Luke this evening. We're going to pray just a moment before we read this verse, release our faith some more. But uh, in Luke 12, I'm going to review a little bit for you before we read this. We read in Psalm 78 
about how that the first generation of Israelites that God brought out of Egyptian bondage, they did not learn their lessons of faith. And every time a need came up, they doubted and they questioned and they complained. And the Bible said in Psalm 78, 41, they turned and the implication is they turned back and you see it numerous other places. It says they turned back, they turned back in their hearts toward Egypt and they limited the Holy One of Israel. Now, if you read Hebrews and you read uh, Exodus and Joshua, you'll see that the works were finished from the foundation of the world for that first generation to come right across the wilderness and go into Canaan's land. That was the will of God. But it didn't happen except for Joshua and Caleb, right? That whole generation perished out there in the wilderness. Why? Because of unbelief, Hebrews 3 and 4 says, and because that unbelief limited and restricted God's ability flowing into their life and bringing them in. And we've been studying and seeing, in fact, I'll read it to you, you don't have to turn there, but in Jeremiah, the um, 7th chapter, he said, obey my voice, I'll be your God, and you'll be my people. Walk in the ways that I've commanded you, and it'll be well to you. Now see, the psalmist also said that they never learned his ways. He went on to say that they didn't hearken, they didn't listen, they walked in the counsels and imagination of their evil heart, and they went backward and not forward. We had said, you know, you can't stay static, you can't stay stationary. You're either moving forward or you're moving backwards. And we read in Proverbs 14 that the backslider, the one who slides back, is filled with his own ways. Operating in your own ways causes you to go backwards. Operating in God's ways causes you to move forward. How many can look back and say you've moved forward? From where you used to be. Spiritually. Physically. Mentally. Financially. How many could also say. It only happened by God's word. And God's ways. Doing it his way. Well if you hadn't been moving forward. You have not been staying still. You've been going back. And if you've been going back. It's because you've been doing it your way. Operating in your own ways. Now, um, we saw further that this is not an incurable condition. Being a backslider. You see, we use the word backslider in a uh, real limited fashion. You know, somebody's away from God, they're backslid. But you know, you could be a preacher with an outstanding ministry. And you could, instead of moving forward the last three days, you could have slid back some. Doesn't mean you lost. Right? Boy, it's quiet in here tonight. (laughs) Doesn't mean you lost. Doesn't mean you're quitting God. What does it mean? Well, you just decided to do it your own way the last few days. And so you have not been moving forward. 
You've been moving back. And see, these things are progressive. People that are sold out to God and walking strong with God, they don't just get up one morning and decide they're going to ruin their life. Right? It's subtle. It's little by little. Right? Let this go. Ah, uh, we, yeah, we know we ought to do this, but we'll let that slide. We'll catch up on it later. And we let our praying slide. And we let our words slide. Because we memorize some scriptures, we can quote them. Did you hear me? And we feed on some junk. And we know it's not good, but we let it slide. What's happening? It doesn't mean you hate God. Doesn't mean you're a mean person. Doesn't mean you've made up your mind that you're going to go serve the devil now. But you're not moving forward. So if you're not moving forward, you're not staying where you are. Have you gotten this principle now? Spiritual truths are such. Take a tree. You know, you go through the winter season and you go out there into the spring and early summer. If that tree's okay, what are you going to see? Some new growth. If that plant's okay, there's going to be some new growth. If it's living, if it's like it's supposed to be, there's growth, there's increase. If a church is living, it's increasing. If a person's individual life, your marriage, your family, every part of your life, because we serve the God of increase. And if God is increasing in our life, we're decreasing. Our ways are decreasing. His ways are increasing. And then that's shown by, you know, if you're prospering in your soul, you're going to prosper out here and in your body and in your finances and in your walk. Moving forward or moving backwards. Every day's a new day. Right? Our ways cause us to slide back, regress, lose ground. Doing it God's way causes you to move forward. Now, uh, go with me, if you would, to uh, Jeremiah. On your way to Jeremiah, <laughs> go by Psalms. Psalm 20. Before we read this, let's pray. Going to Psalm 20, then we're going to Jeremiah. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for our health and our strength, every good thing we enjoy. Thank you for our friends and our family here tonight, Lord. And We're all family in you. We love you. Thank you that your spirit is here. Your word is so rich and wonderful to us. And we're believing you and asking you and agreeing together is touching this thing. Open our eyes to see wonderful truth and revelation and answers out of your word. Our spirit to receive a supply of your spirit and strength and ability. The next steps, the way up, that we may rise up to your highest and best and your fullness. And we'll give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 20 and verse 7. Says what? Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Now we read Jeremiah 7 
In fact, just hold your place. You're going to Jeremiah anyway. Right? So look at Jeremiah 7. I could quote it to you, but look at it. Jeremiah 7, 17. Jeremiah 17 and verse 5. Thus says the Lord, cursed be the man that trusts in man and makes flesh his arm and whose heart departs from the Lord. He'll be like the heath in the desert. He'll not see when good comes. He'll inhabit parched places in the wilderness in a salt land not inhabited. Verse 7 though, blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is, he'll be like a tree planted by the waters that spreads out her roots by the river. He'll not see when heat comes, her leaf will be green, he'll not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. What's the difference? What you trust in, right? Who you look to. Now we've said this previously, but it's such a big deal. Revelation of God as your source is progressive. And many people have such little light or they're walking in such little light. We went through last night ways you can get what you want. How can you get what you need or what you want? Number one, we said you could beg for it. Right? You could beg. Many forms of begging. Right? You can beg the congregation, beg your husband, beg your wife, beg your supervisor, beg your boss to give you a raise. Or you could beg the government to give you something. You could beg. But we saw that believers are not beggars. Right? If you got a provider God, it's not that you're too proud to beg. You don't have to beg. Begging's acting like you got no other recourse. Oh, if y'all don't do it, we're going to go under. Then they're it. Right? They're your source. Oh, honey, if you don't give me some money, then we're not going to make it. I can't have my thing. Well, why is he your source? Why is she your source? Is God limited to them? So he said, your source is whoever and whatever you look to when you have a need. When it comes up, what do you think about? How am I going to get this money? Well, I'll have more meetings. People say, oh, no, preachers ought not do that. Well, what about you? It's the same thing. If you say, well, I'll work more. I'll do this. Working is fine. But if you do that, that's all you think about. Then your job is your source. We said begging. What else did we say? You could try to win it. (laughs) Get in a card game. Roll a dice. Go to Vegas. Huh? We decided that's a bad idea. Right? Because they're not building all those new casinos over there because everybody's winning. Now, that's not sure enough way to try to do anything. What else could we do? How are we going to get what we want? We say you could steal it. You could get you a gun. Right? And find somebody that's got it and take it away from them. And there's a lot of crime. That's what people are doing. Why? Because they have no faith. 
They have no faith. They don't believe they could get it by some other way, you know. They don't believe they'll have an opportunity or a good job or make money or know to believe God. No, if I'm going to have it, this is the only way I'll ever get it. So I'm going to take it away from somebody. No faith. And we are believers. So we're not stealers. We're not thieves. We read scripture in Ephesians where he said, let him that stole, steal no more. But let him work. What else do we talk about? What else could you do? You can work. You can work and earn money. And you could either borrow the money and pay it back from your work. Or you could just work and save it till you get it and get what you want. Of course, that's if you can work enough. And if you can make enough money to get everything that you need and desire. And that is where most folk are operating. Most people, the way they do it is you get it from the bank and you pay it back with your job. I'm not saying that's bad. But sinners do that. Right? I said sinners do that. Unsaved people do that. Borrow it from the bank. Pay it back with your job. But of course you're immediately... You know, God didn't say he meets all of our needs according to the reserves in the bank or according to how much money we could make in our lifetime, according to our job, but according to his riches, that's far beyond the bank, right? If we think the only way we could do it is if we can get the loan, well, then the bank is your source. And you'll see people, you know, preachers and other folks, just go and virtually beg bankers and beg people. Because they think, well, man, if the bank won't let me have it, then I can't do it. They believe that. Oh, they wouldn't say it. They wouldn't preach it from the pulpit, but that's what they believe. And so they're doing it in their own way. And that's what the Bible said. They turned back and they limited the Holy One of Israel, then you are limited to ever how much money somebody will loan you and they don't operate by faith. Have you noticed that? You tell the banker, just trust me. (laughs) He's like, collateral. Collateral. No, no, just have faith that I'll pay it. No, uh uh-uh. We're not operating by faith here. Walking by sight. Right? Got to be able to see it happening. Where it's going to come from. How and when. So you could work. And save your money till you could get it. Which might be never. Hmm? Or. <laughs> you can see the looks I'm getting across the crowd. Here. People are like. Brother Keith. Is there a higher way? Is God limited? To a bank and to your job. Is there a higher way? Say it out loud. My God shall supply all my needs. Now according to what? Not according to the bank. Not according to my job or my five jobs. According to his riches in Glory by Christ Jesus. That's unlimited. That's unlimited. Unlimited. 
So you could uh, work and work and work. And some people work. I mean, you know, people say, oh, boy, if you work real hard, you can have anything you want. There are people who work terribly hard their whole life and are broke and poor. Hard working folk. Hard work does not assure prosperity. Some of the hardest working people on the planet are some of the poorest. Now, being diligent is a principle of God. Working is God's idea. Right? But see, some trust in chariots. Some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Well, now, does that mean we're going to get rid of all the horses and chariots? Hmm? No. What's the key word here? Some what? Didn't say some had horses and chariots. Some trust in the horse. Go back. Do you still have that or not? Some trust in chariots. Now today we have other stuff. We got tanks. We got jets. Right? We got ships. That's what they had then. Now we got that. But we, in other words, we are not like some. We are different. We don't just look at our tanks and our jets and our nukes. What do we think about when we are challenged, when we are threatened? We remember the name of the Lord our God. What's the next verse? Verse 8. They, what happens to them? They're brought down. They fall. Which way are they moving? Backwards and down. Why? Because it's their own way. Do you see this? But we. Oh, come on. Somebody get ready to be happy with me. We. What about us? We rise up. Whoo. And we stand upright. Which way are you moving? You're moving forward. You're moving up. Why? Because we're trusting in Him. We're doing it His way. His way is the faith way. The just shall live by faith and walk by faith. That's not walking beside. That's His way. Man's way is walking beside. Can you see this now? Now let me go over this again. So do you get rid of the chariots? No. See, there are some people that would tell us, you know, if it was left up to them, they'd reduce our armies to nothing in the U.S. Oh, we want peace. We want peace. And, you know, we have to, you know, let everybody know we want peace. <laughs> and they don't realize that there's people on this planet, if they weren't afraid of the military, there'd be a different flag flying over your house by tomorrow. You'd be learning a new language. Right? No, didn't mean we can't have our tanks and our troops. Right? And, uh, you know, people get upset about firearms and and every other thing. You know, Jesus asked his disciples the night when he was about to be betrayed if they had any weapons. Do you remember that? Now, in those days, a short sword was like a handgun. 
So basically he said, are you carrying? <laughs> Peter said, yeah. Well, the other guy said, yeah, I got mine right here. Then am I making that up or not? He asked them, what do you have? And they told him they had a couple. He said, that's enough. He didn't say, throw them away, throw them away. He also said, if the goodman of the house knew what hour the thief was going to break through and steal, he would have met him and wouldn't let him break in. How? How's he going to keep him from breaking in his house? I know some folk don't like that. But go to the scriptures. You got your thoughts. And other people's thoughts, and you got what he said. Right? No. They had militaries. His first covenant people that he brought out had strong armies, and he never told them to dispel them. He told them what to do. He sent them and charged them and told them how to handle themselves. Right? But having the army is not the problem. What's the problem? Trusting in the army. Is a big problem. Because if you're doing that. We just got through reading in Jeremiah. If you are trusting. Leaning on the arm of flesh. And your heart turns away from the Lord. You're not depending on him. You're depending on that. That's a big problem. And it's particularly a big problem. The more light you have. And the more God's done for you. And the more time he's come through for you, then for you to go backward, quit walking by faith and start walking by sight, it is a big problem. Are you with me now? Let's go. You were going to Jeremiah, I know. But uh, I think we shall go to Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles, the 14th chapter. Some trust in chariots. Some trust in horses. But us, we trust in the Lord our God. Right? The Lord's put this on my heart strong from before this week started. And as you can see, we've had to believe our way to it. It hadn't just fallen on us. Have you noticed that? We've had to believe God and some folk have helped me and some hadn't. But I'm a faith man. I'm believing more folk are getting in right as we go. This is important. This is significant. And you'll see in just a few moments, this is life and death. It's what this is. That is not an exaggeration. This is life and death. It's life and death for people in these meetings. And people watching by internet. Things don't happen. That somebody. Believers. Ministers. Folk that love God. They die prematurely. Something bad happens. They don't make it. They go under. That never happens. But that God. Endeavored to stop it. Or change it. Way back. Did you hear me? And people ask, you know, when something bad goes wrong in believers' lives. And they go, well, I don't understand. I don't understand. Why didn't God keep that from happening? Why didn't God? That's not the question. The question is, why didn't they listen? 
Because he is faithful. He is faithful. And one of the big ways he protects us is by warning us. Don't go that way. Go this way. Don't do that. Do this. Right? And this has come up in my spirit again and again and again. I've endeavored to say it, but the Lord's helping us. It'll get stronger. He's calling us. Do not go back. Don't go back. Don't go backwards. Go forward. Go forward. Right? Don't try to go back to the way you used to do it. Don't try to go back to the way the world does it. You know too much. I know too much. God expects us to walk in the light that we have. We only got, if we're going to be successful, if we're going to be happy, we only got one way to go. One way. One way. One way. Don't look behind. Put your hand to the plow. Don't look back. Don't look back. I'm not staying where I am. I'm not going back. I'm increasing. I'm moving up. Better. Bigger. Stronger. In every way. Right? It will only be accomplished God's way. Not our way. God's way is the faith way. Now you see such a clear example of this in this passage, 2 Chronicles 14. In the life of a man named Asa, King Asa. And three chapters here, 14, 15, and 16, deal with this. And the Bible tells us these things are written as examples for us. So let's learn from it. Second Chronicles 14. Second Chronicles 14. Abijah, verse 1, slept with his fathers and they buried him. Asa, his son, reigned in his stead. And in his days the land was quiet ten years. Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord. He took away the altars of the strange gods. He broke down the images and cut down the groves. He commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers, to do the law and the commandment. Verse 6, he built fenced cities in Judah and the land had rest. He had no war in those years because the Lord had given him rest. So he said to Judah, let us build these cities and make about them walls and towers and gates and bars while the land's before us because we've sought the Lord our God. We've sought him and he has given us rest on every side. So they built and prospered. Now Asa had an army of men that bear targets and spears out of Judah 300,000. And out of Benjamin that bear shields and drew bows 204 score thousand. All of these mighty men of valor, 580,000 men in their armies. That's an army. And there came, though, against them, Zerah, the Ethiopian, with a host of a thousand thousand. How many is that? That's a million. They're outnumbered. Before we start counting chariots, he's just foot troops. They're outnumbered two to one. A thousand thousand and three hundred chariots. And they came to Marisha. And Asa went out against him and set the battle in array in the valley of Zephathah at Marisha. And Asa cried to the Lord his God. He did what? Who did he go to? Oh, come on. Who did he go to? 
He didn't look to the left. He didn't look to the right. He went straight to God. And listened to his prayer. Asa cried to the Lord and said, Lord, it's nothing with you to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on you. We do what? We are relying on you. We are depending on you. How many know this is the way? This is God's way. This is the faith way. It does not look like it's something you can win. Every soldier is outnumbered two to one. They got all these chariots. It looks like you're whipped before you start. Try to do something. He did. He went right straight to his source. (laughs) Now it's easier for us to sit up here in church and say amen. Right? But if you'd have been in his shoes. This is not just a story. It happened. One day Zara and the Ethiopian army showed up at the gate. And you can't see the end of them. It took a day for the dust to die down from them coming up, driving up. You ever seen a million soldiers? Pretty intimidating. You're outnumbered two to one. He goes straight to God. He said, God, this ain't no thing. This ain't no deal to you. You can give victory if we got a big crowd or if we don't have a big crowd. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. God, you can do this thing for me if I got good credit for I ain't got no credit. Somebody's going to get this before we're through now. God, God, you can do this. You can do this if I got 20 people or I got 2,000 people. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Brother Oral Roberts, one time, Brother Kenneth was driving him to a meeting and years ago when he was working for him and he said, Brother Oral spoke. He often didn't speak before a meeting to him in the car, but he spoke to him. He said, Kenneth, people will always tell you you can't do it. And you know they will. They'll always tell you you can't do it. It can't be done. He said, hear from God. And then confer no longer with flesh and blood. And then get it done at any price. People will always tell you, you can't do it. But hear from God. And once you've heard from God, confer no more. Confer no longer. With flesh and blood. Once you see, you got too many people, too many people, preachers and ministers, pastors going around asking everybody what they think I ought to do. Well, I need counsel. You got the counselor who lives inside you. Y'all gonna tell me how to do it? Nobody knows how you're to do. What God's called you to do. Except the God who called you to do it. 
Somebody else, they know how to do what God told them to do. They don't know how to do what God told you to do. Too many people. Too much talking, 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 talking. And the longer they talk, less faith they got. Talk theirself out of this. Five reasons why you can't do that. Three reasons why it won't work over here. You can't do that unless you got this base. Unless you got that base. Unless you got this population. Unless you got this backing. Unless these folk will underwrite you. Man's ways. Yeah, yeah. What did he say? He said, Lord, it's nothing with you. To help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Why can't God give you a fine multi-million dollar facility with no congregation? Why can't he? We had people tell us, you can't do that. We had people to look me in the face and say, you can't do that here. That won't work here. You can't do it. People tell me, you're not a pastor. What are you doing? I had people tell me when I got my first jet, oh, you're, are you crazy? You're not big enough to have one. Well, see, I wasn't big enough if I'm looking to man. If I'm looking to my offerings, if I'm looking to my meetings, if I'm looking to the people I know, I'm not big enough. But if I can lift up my eyes a little higher and I can see somebody that's got unlimited resources, then I can have one anyway. I can have one anyway. No matter how small I am. No matter how little my check is. It's no difference with him. <laughs> whether you know somebody, whether you don't. Oh, somebody's getting it in this place tonight. Somebody is getting this. It makes no difference. Who your mom and daddy was. Where you come from. How little school you got. Or how little your check is. Makes no difference. That's not what's limiting you. Oh, listen to the man. Listen to the man. There's a reason why this is in the book. He rolls right in there. They said, oh, king. Zara got a million soldiers. A million. And they are some bad looking dudes. And they're wanting to kill something. And he got 300 chariots. Mm. He didn't grip the chair of his throne. <laughs> and go, how many? You got to be joking. No, no, what does he do? He gets off his throne. He goes to the house of God. He gets on his knees. He said, God, this ain't nothing for you. This is nothing for you. You could do this with two men. You could do this with a bunch or with not a bunch. So we're saying, help us, help us, help us, help us. Because why? We rest on you. And in your name, we go against this multitude, O Lord. You are our God. Let not man prevail against you. There's a lot more in here than you might be seeing. What's he saying? Lord, we're going against them in your name. Reminds me of somebody else. A youth. A ruddy youth. 
Remember him? Teenager. Standing out there on the plains looking at a giant of a man. What, 10, 11 foot tall? Weighs 700 pounds? Fighting machine from childhood? He looked at him and he said, yeah, you come to me with a shield and a spear. You come to me with 20 years fighting experience. You come to me with 700 pounds. But I am coming against you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. And what happened? Down he come. Down he come. But he didn't come in his own ways. Hmm? And see, that's why people get in fear, because they get to thinking about my ability. See, if you stood out there and got to thinking, you know, man, I'm only uh, 16 years old. I'm only 17 years old. I think that guy's got 600 pounds on me. (laughs) And I ain't got no armor. And I can't use the kings. I don't know how. See, he's inexperienced. He's a shepherd boy. He could have got to looking at that and thinking about that and said, you know, what am I doing out here? Right? Because he would have been coming in his own name. Coming in his own strength. Coming in his own way. But he didn't. And that's what he's saying. He's saying, Lord, we're going to go out against them in your name. So don't let them prevail against you. Did you get that? <laughs> Did you get that? He said, now God, we're telling everybody. <laughs> That we are coming out in your name. (laughs) So don't let them prevail over you. (laughs) And verse 12. So the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah and the Ethiopians fled. A million? A million? Fled before an army half their size. And Asa and the people that were with him pursued them to Gerar. And the Ethiopians were overthrown and they could not recover themselves. For they were destroyed before the Lord and before his host. See, we're not giving the credit to the king and his army before the Lord, before the Lord. And they carried away very much spoil. (sighs) Did you know that the temple that Solomon built? was built primarily with money that David and the elders of his generation sowed to the temple fund. They sowed billions. Go back sometime and read it. You talk about a chunk offering. 
You read what they sowed that day. Billions with a B. You know where all that money came from? The spoils from all the battles they won by their faith in God. See, the transfer of wealth out of the hands of the ungodly and sinner into the hands of the righteous and those that will have pity on the poor is not just automatic and not just on some divine timeline that's got nothing to do with us. We must be possessors of the land and God will lead us step by step in phases and places in our life and things for us to lay hold of and believe God and there won't seem to be any way you couldn't see how to do it but you'll just have to stand up like this king and say whether we're little or a lot you can do it you can do it and in your faith victory here come the spoils here come every time you take something else by faith and do something else by faith he told you to do accompanied with it come the spoils the riches so what if you don't have the faith victories see god's best for you and i financially is inseparable from his perfect plan from our lives you can't just sow seed and make confessions and do your own thing And have full prosperity. If you be willing. And obedient. To what? To God. To his plan. To his direction for your life. That's when you will enjoy and eat the good. The best. You'll get the best. That way. Takes more than sowing. And confessions. You got to do the will of God. Do the plan of God. So they had such a victory. Don't you think they had some shouting around there? Everybody had on new clothes. Everybody had on new jewelry. Everybody had new livestock. Right? Everybody's net worth just jumped up about fivefold, tenfold. Everybody. Good week. <laughs> right? Why? 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 Because they trusted in the Lord their God. They relied on him. Now keep reading. I mean the next couple of verses keeps talking about spoil. Verse 14. Then they smote all the cities around Gerar. And the fear of the Lord came on them. And they spoiled all the cities. For there was exceeding much spoil. What's spoil mean? Kaching. Money. Stuff. Right? They smote all the tents of the cattle and carried away sheep and camels in abundance and returned to Jerusalem. Does this have any meaning for us? Or is it just in here? No. On the heels of faith victories, accomplishing the will of God comes great increase. Glory. You know, Phyllis and I just taking this step to come to Branson and to start the church. This was not my idea. Not hers. And we had been in Tulsa for decades. And had some things set up. Kind of had believed God for years to get it there. And then moving here and relocating. Meant starting over in some ways. And uh, I got to thinking about some things. And a day or two I'm thinking Lord. You know. 
We just got the house we've been believing for. Phyllis just redecorated it the way she wanted to. She believed God for two or three years. Somebody came up and handed her the money she's believing for to redecorate her kitchen. Just got it done. Hadn't been done a month or so. And we're going to move. And I just got my hanger and I just paid for And hangers are hard to come by. And like he didn't know all that. And I'm shaving one morning and this is going through my mind again. And I thought, Lord, you serious about this, huh? And, um. He sp- he, I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but in my heart he said, Keith, yes, sir. Do you believe I'm able to give you more and better than this? I said, yes, sir. And I knew what that meant. That's it. I, I'm through with thinking like this or dealing with, right? Can he? Yes. Now, see, now here's the thing. You got to watch. You got a couple of things you're believing for. What are we going to do? Well, we're going to be comfortable. Won't have to believe God so hard like we used to. Hmm? Yeah, we got enough going on now, you know. We don't have to pray so hard, believe so hard, so so big. We can kind of semi-retire <laughs> spiritually. <laughs> no, if you do, what's going to happen to you? You will go back where you'll start sliding back. In your faith. Now here's the thing. Is it possible to be strong in faith. And do exploits. And then over the next several years. Get weak in that very same area. And slide back and slide back. Until you walk in my side. Oh it happens too many times. Now notice. It happened to him. The Spirit of the Lord, chapter 15, came on Azariah, the son of Oded. He's a prophet, a man of God. He went to meet Asa. He said, hear me, Asa, and Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you while you be with him. And if you seek him, he'll be found of you. But if you forsake him, he'll forsake you. Now, for a long season, Israel had been without the true God, and it I won't read all of it, but they got back to God and they were reading the law, preaching the word that they had at the time. And um, verse 9 says, people fell to him uh, out of Israel in abundance when they saw the Lord his God was with him. I mean, they were having a move of God. Victory and prosperity was flowing. And down in uh, the 16th chapter. In the 6th and 30th year of the reign of Asa. So he has had peace for decades. They've been enjoying this prosperity. Baasha, king of Israel, came up against Judah and built Ramah to the intent that he might let none go out or come into Asa, king of Judah. And Asa brought out silver and gold out of the treasuries of the house of the Lord and the king's house and sent to Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, that dwelt at Damascus and said, You know, there's a league between me and you, like my father and your father. Now I've sent you silver and gold. Go break your league with Baasha, king of Israel, that he may depart from me. Where's the prayer? Where's the going to the house of the Lord? Where's the Lord You can do it with little or great. It's not here. 
So Ben-Hadad hearkened to the king Asa, and he sent the captains of his armies against the cities of Israel, and they smote Ijon, Dan, Abel, Maim, all the store cities of Naphtali. And it came to pass when Baasha heard it, he left off building of Ramah and let his work cease. So it might have looked like he obtained his objective, but he's in trouble with God. We're going to see it in just a minute very plainly. He's in trouble with God. What happens here? Now he's got money. Now he's got some connections. Right? Decades of peace and prosperity. Has he gotten soft? Spiritually? You understand what I'm talking about? Has he been moving forward? Must have been moving backward spiritually. Right? Because now a similar thing happens to what happened when he first got in. This is even less of a deal. This ain't a million mad Ethiopians and 300 chariots. This is Israel. They're not the threat. They're away from God. They're backslid. This is, you know, he's king of Judah. And so what does he do? The enemy's knocking on the door. He's been here before. Right? Does he know what to do? Not only has he been here before, he did what he was supposed to do, and he saw it work. He saw miracles. So he knows. He has light. But what does he do? He pulls out his checkbook. Tries to buy his way out of it. Why? Because trust in God's too hard. I got money now. I don't have to pray. Can you see this? I got money now. And so, verse 7. At that time, Hanani, the seer, prophet seer, came to Asa, king of Judah, and he said to him, Because you relied on the king of Syria, and you have not relied on the Lord your God, therefore is the host of the king of Syria escaped out of your hand. Now let's just stop right here. What was God's plan? His plan was that their enemies be destroyed. Not just that they go away. I just wish the devil would go away. No, you don't. Make him pay for it. Make him wish he'd never mess with you. Ever. Well, if he'd just go away, I'd be happy. No, stand up and be a man. Don't lay down. Try to hide. Okay, Mr. Devil, now if you leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. Okay? He'll say, okay. And you turn your back and he's going to nail you. So you might as well just speak up. Right? And say, I'm not afraid. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And I'm not crawling in a hole somewhere. I'm not trying to hide from this problem. And we're not just going to pray and hope it goes away. We want it crushed. Crushed. So it doesn't come back. Well, the man of God is by the word of the Lord. I mean, now he's the king. And the prophet comes up and says, Asa, king of Judah. Because you relied on the king of Syria. And you didn't rely on the Lord your God. They've escaped. 
out of your hand. Well, it takes guts to be a man of God, don't it? Were not the Ethiopians and the Lubims a huge host with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because you did rely, rely on the Lord. You relied on the Lord. He delivered them into your hand. And this is where that scripture comes in that we quote so often. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. To show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Herein you've done foolishly. And from now on you're going to have wars. Now let's just stop here. How many have ever quoted this? The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout. What does it mean though? What's the context? What is he looking for? He's looking for a man or woman like Asa in the beginning. That'll stand up and just look to God and nobody else. Right? That's what he calls a perfect heart. Not a divided heart. You're not going, huh, uh, uh, do I trust in God or do I pay him some money? Do I do this or do I do that? Wavering. Wondering. There comes times in our life when we got to do like Hezekiah and we got to turn our face to the wall. And we don't see anybody and we don't see anything. Except God. And we're counting totally on him. And if he doesn't come through it ain't going to happen. Right? But we're not afraid. Because he never fails. No plan B's. Or C's or D's. Now verse 10. Asa was what? Wroth. With the seer. Now hold up. Hold up. Is this the seer's idea? Did he decide to go tell him this? So who's this man really mad at? Who told him this? God's one told him. He just told him through this man. What's God saying to him? Why didn't you trust me? Why didn't you look to me? The Ethiopians. And the Lubims were so much bigger than these guys. And that was way back then. I delivered you, didn't I? I gave you all that wealth. You knew what to do. Why didn't you look at me? Now they have escaped out of your hand. See, I didn't see this till just recently. God had planned another huge wealth transfer for him. He didn't just want them to go away. Do you see this? Or if we could see this. We would begin to practice James where it said count it all joy. When you fall into divers temptations, trials and tests. Because we would realize, hey, 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 hey. (laughs) Why am I dealing with this? Because God needs a reason to justify transferring a bunch of stuff over to me. (laughs) And all I got to do is believe him and stand on this. And the enemy will be crushed and I'll be enriched every time. So then when another one comes in, he looks bad to other people. You go, oh, look here, look here, look here. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. Why? (laughs) Cause he always causes us to try. The king got mad at the man of God and threw him in jail. 
put him in the prison house. For he was in a rage with him because of this thing. Why? Because he knew he was right. And he didn't want to hear it. See, he's trying to make out like everything's okay. He knew he didn't trust God. This is not a man that's never been in this kind of situation before. He's been there. He trusted God. He saw miracles. He saw it. He knows what to do. But it comes up again, and he's just too lazy to do it. He's gotten soft. He's got money now. So he just tries to buy his way out of it. It looks like it worked pretty good. They went away. So he's out there trying to make it look good. You know, yeah, we're going to get all these supplies they left out here. And, and he's trying to make out like it was like last time. But the prophet came up and rained on his parade. <laughs> and right in front of everybody. Said, why did you rely on him? Why did you rely on the arm of flesh? Why did you do that? You knew better. Why didn't you trust me? Why didn't you let me crush your enemies like I did last time? I had planned to get some more wealth to you. Why didn't you let me do it? What's it time for the king to do now? Repent. He should have. Right there in front of everybody. He should have hit the ground. He should have said, oh God, oh God. I know it. I knew. I knew I shouldn't have done that. I knew it. But see, when you are faced with light and truth that reveals something uncomplimentary about yourself, you'll do one of two things. You'll either humble yourself and admit it. And repent, which means turn and change. Or you'll harden yourself in pride. And you'll resist it. And you'll try to cover it and make it go away. So that's one of the things that made the 12 spies that they sent in to spy out the land. And they came back. And all of them said, the 10 said, we can't do it. They're too big. But Joshua and Caleb stood up and said, yes, we can. Yes, we can. Their defense has left them. They're bred for us. Let's go do it. It made them so mad, they wanted to kill Joshua and Caleb right then. They tried to stone them and kill them. Why? Because faith shows up unbelief. And people wanting to be lazy and not believe God, they don't want other folk believing around them because it makes them look bad. And so they'll, instead of repenting and coming on and believing God themselves, they want to attack somebody else, make fun of them, ridicule them, believing God and stepping out. I don't care how ridiculous. It seems to you somebody trying to believe for something and step out. You don't know what God told them. You don't know their heart. If they're out beyond you, encourage them. Say, go on, brother, do it. Do it. I tell you what, I, I it would bother me to think that I had let the devil use me to hinder somebody's faith. To put a roadblock in there and discourage them when God was stirring them up to believe for something and do something. I don't care how silly it looks to you. That's between them and God. Right? And if your heart's right, how many, your heart sincerely, you wish everybody was at least as blessed as you? That ain't half the crowd that raised their hand. Let me give you another opportunity on that. How many of you sincerely, you wish everybody was at least as blessed and prosperous, and strong, right, as you. But what if somebody passed you? Go on, brother. Here I come. Right? Tell me how you did it. Right? 
But I tell you, you know, we know it ought to be that way, but it's not. So many people feel threatened by anybody else's success and they want to talk bad about it. You know? Have you met folks that no matter what God does for you, they got to top it. They got to tell something better. Right? You pull up in your car that you just believed God for. It, and they look at it and go, yeah, 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 that's nice, that's nice. But did you see so-and-so's car? Boy, he's got one of those big ones. Makes you want to smack them. God just gave you a house. It's not big, it's small, but it's yours. And you want to show them and rejoice? And they go, yeah, 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 great, great, great. Boy, though, you know, I saw you had that rail on there, but did you see those nice rails that they've come out with now? Did you see so-and-so's house? Boy, he put that marble in his floor. and Ignorant. Makes you go in and go, shut up. (laughs) Do you understand there are times, so many times, most of the time, it ain't your day. To focus on you. It's their day. Let's rejoice with them. Let's be glad. Let's make a big deal out of it. Right? Glory to God. Don't find fault. Don't run it down. Don't compare it to something else. Notice how this worked. Put him in jail. Didn't repent. Did you know when he did that. When he rejected the man of God. He thought he was just mad at this prophet. But he did this to God. He shut God off when he shut this man up. He shut God out when he shut this person out. Now, friend, you got to watch this. God has people in your life. More than one. Did you hear me? And if they say something to you and something comes through them. That rubbed you the wrong way. Watch out. Watch out. Do not. Just cut yourself off from them. Be spiritual enough to realize. When God's talking to you. Through people. Even something you don't like. Even something that's rubbing you the wrong way. Because this is where he sealed his doom. This is where he limited. And cut God off. And cut himself off. From ending his life. In the best of God's plan. Notice what happened. I mean, the very next verse, what does it say? The Acts of Asa, first and last, they're written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. And Asa, in the thirty and ninth year of his reign, was diseased in his feet until his disease was exceeding great. Yet, in his disease, he what? Sought not to the Lord. But to the doctors, to the physicians. And what happened? He died. You think that was God's best for him? Throwing the prophet in jail. Dying from a disease in his feet. No way. But was it God's fault? There was a time in his life, you and I just got through shouting about it. The man Trusted God. He walked by faith. They got miracles. But something happened. And he didn't keep going forward. He started going backward. And he went backward. Backwards. Until he just tried to operate like the heathen kings around him. He just tried to operate like people that didn't even have a healer. Now. 
Tomorrow night, if the Lord directs us to, I'm not through tonight, but I want to begin tonight to get into it. I'm going to talk about defense, doctors, and debt. And you see it right here. Some trust in chariots. Some in horses. How about us? We will remember the name of the Lord our God. We trust in God. Does that mean we can't have a chariot? Or a tank or a plane or a ship? No. But do we have to watch ourselves? And when something threatens us, we don't just think we have a strong army. Do you understand? Except by the grace of God, there could be no U.S. of A tomorrow. Oh, we're Americans. We're strong. We wouldn't let it happen. Are you a fool? And there's a problem nationally. When things, something happens or, you know, people give the credit to ourselves. That's a problem. I said, that's a problem. We're mighty. We're strong. We're this. We're that. Without God, we're nothing. We could be overthrown tomorrow without God. There's a lot of fools don't know that and don't believe that. Thank God there are a lot of people that do. And we got some good people in government that do. And that pray. Thank God. And we do. But every time anything comes up that we're threatened, we don't just think, oh, 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 what about our police? What about our military? What about our this? We've got to get them all in place. We have seen something that should be a wake-up call to us in these hurricanes. You've got people far and near that think the government is their provider. And the government is their protector. And that's why they're so shaken, and that's why they're so mad, and they're so upset. Why? Because the government, the government, the government, the government. Well, where's God? They don't want to talk about God. No, let's not talk about God. Well, that's a big problem. I mean, we've already seen the government, and just a few things have happened, and the government's taxed. Taxed. Right? Can you see how quickly the government would be helpless? Somebody said, yeah, I know, and it scares me. It shouldn't scare you. It should just wake you up and get your eyes off the government. Right? Get your eyes on God. Some trust in chariots. Some in horses. Doesn't mean you can't have horses. Doesn't mean you can't have the tanks and the planes. But now what else? Here, he got sick. And he did the same thing with his body that he did with the nation's defense. See, you are who you are all the time. You can't compartmentalize your life. If you're not trusting God in this area, it's going to carry over into every other area. We're not against doctors. But we've come too far. Towards the ditch on the other side of this thing. Do you know there are a lot of good doctors. And a lot of good nurses. And people in the medical field that know God. And believe God and trust God. Thank God for them. That's who you want. Helping you. If it hadn't been for doctors and nurses and people in the field. A lot of us wouldn't be sitting in here tonight. God used them. Right? But you also got a whole lot of other doctors and medical personnel. They believe they are healing in the earth. And they would allow you to pray a prayer if you think it helps. Do you see that? 
But they want you to know, and I think everybody knows, we're the main thing. This is it. And the sad thing is, you got millions of Christians, even though they try to say one thing in church, that's how they live. Thank God for doctors. Thank God for armies. Thank God for banks. Thank God for lawyers and people that help. But you never just put yourself in the hands of a man. Ever. Never. Relying on them and depending on them to do it. Now the man died when he could have lived. When he could have been healed and he could have prospered further and could have advanced. Now you can tell by how quiet it is that not everybody likes this. But I'm not preaching this just because it's something I wanted to do. I've already told you in the beginning of the service there are life and death issues. People that are sitting here in this room and people that are watching by internet, your future is going to be based on which one you decide to do. And some people have no light on this. And they don't know any better. And God doesn't expect much out of them. But you and I. I said you and I. That have had so much done for us. God expects us to believe him. And he expects us this year. And next year. And the next if he tears his coming. To not just try to get comfortable. But to keep on reaching. And keep on believing. And keep on stepping up. Not going back. Not going back. Not trying to act like, do it like we used to do it. Higher levels of faith. Greater levels of believing God. Thank God for doctors. I do. But some of them don't think they like people like me. Well, I don't care for the way some of them act. I've had doctors. And maybe they're good in their field. But try to tell some of my own church people that are trying to believe God. No, 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 now, this is not going to be. You just have to accept this. Why? Because I'm a professional. I've seen this many times, and when I tell you there's no hope, there's no hope. When I tell you, you just have to get used to this and accept. That's when you need to go, ho, whoa, whoa. (laughs) You are not my healer. I thank God for you, sir. And I value your expertise in medicine. But you are not qualified to tell me how to believe. You don't know what you're talking about. Because all things are possible to him that believes. Right? No. And there are times that the Lord will deal with you. Let them help you. And there are times if you'll listen, he'll tell you don't. And man sometimes can be pushy and persistent about stuff because that's all they know. Friend of mine, wonderful man. Well, let me give you both sides of Phyllis and I were in a meeting up north some years ago. And a word of knowledge came through her about a lady in the service that was sick with cancer, dying with cancer. And the Lord told her, go to the doctor. It kind of caught her aback. She's like, I'm leaving God. The word of the Lord was go to the doctor. 
Well, she did. They told her if she'd have waited just a little bit longer, it'd have been too late. She recovered. Praise God. You know, living is good as opposed to dying prematurely. Why? Could the Lord have healed her without the doctor? Yeah. But we don't receive according to God's ability. We receive according to our faith. And he knew where she was at. And she was actually just pretending. The Bible talks about unfeigned faith. Well what's feigned faith? Fake. There's a fake phony faith. To the unlearned it looks and sounds like faith. But it's not. One way you can tell it's not. It don't work. You don't get results. <laughs> so I mean that's a good report. That's a victory. But here's another one. Friend of mine, man I grew up around, he learned about some things of healing him, and he'd had heart symptoms, alarming heart symptoms. And he believed God, and then he got over them, and he was doing real good, but some of his previous tests had shown some problems, and the doctor said, no, we've got to operate, we've got to operate. And he told me privately, he said, no, the Lord told me don't. Well, now, when the Lord tells you don't, what should you do? Don't. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. And his family began to pressure him. Why? Because, see, God is their healer, is not real to them. To them, this is all there is. Doctor is all it is. So they begin to pressure him, and it wore on him month after month, and I heard that he's going to have the surgery. I thought, what? He told me face to face. He didn't feel like he was supposed to. The Lord warned him about it. He died on the table. Somebody said, well, what if you stand, believe God, and you die? People go to the hospital and die all the time. What if you go to the doctor and die? First of all, you ought not be afraid to die. What if I die, Brother Keith? Oh, Brother Keith, what if I die? What if you do? <laughs> you step out of your body and you go, Wow. I feel good. I feel good. And your angel says, you ready? You go, yeah, yeah. He said, you want to go by the Milky Way? Let me show you some stuff. Yeah, y'all want to see everything. It's nothing to be scared of. What are we saying? It's okay to have armies. You don't trust in your armies. It's okay to have doctors. Don't trust in the doctors. This is a little weak, guys. It's okay to have money. Don't trust in the money. It's okay to have friends and people you know, but don't trust in them. And don't go back. Don't go back. Believe more. Believe bigger. Believe greater. Believe stronger. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.